you ever do this? Do you ever make yourself and your present miserable by your worries and anxieties over the future? Like, it's my worst nightmare, but it never even happened yet. And I have absolutely zero evidence to believe that it will happen, but I'm ruining the now by being nervous over what could happen and start spiraling into this big ball of what ifs. So by looking forward so much, we miss out on what's actually happening in the here and the now. Welcome to Sex and Spirituality. I am your host, Lauren Coletti. Welcome, friends. I was actually just talking for a solid three minutes, and I was so much in flow that I didn't even realize I wasn't recording. So there's that. But anywho, um, I wanted to get up here on my soapbox and talk about who the fuck knows what. Lately, I've been just channeling my thoughts onto paper these days, and saying whatever comes to mind because I figure if I'm feeling it, then someone else has to be feeling it too, right? So I have a couple ideas for new episodes coming up. I recently attended an SLAA meeting, which stands for Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. And I don't know if anyone's interested in hearing about the 12 steps and sex and love addiction, which I identify as an addict. Uh, something they've been talking about is sexual anorexia, which really resonates with me. And I think I'm going to do an episode or two on that. So if you have any experience with the 12 step and you would like to give some feedback or have any questions, let me know. I've gone to a lot of 12 step meetings throughout my life, even though I've never been uh, had a substance abuse disorder, but I have a extremely impulsive and obsessive personality. So I've gone to CODA meetings. I've gone to Overeaters Anonymous. I wish they had a Shopaholics Anonymous meeting because I would so go to that. So if anyone knows anything about that, let your girl know. But today I wanted to talk about the connection between love and boundaries and some other shizzle. (laughs) So first off, before we get into any of the who the fuck knows what I'm going to talk about today, just going to let it come through me uncensored. I want to remind you that I always try to be curious and not judgmental. I don't always succeed because I'm not perfect, but I invite you to always listen with an open, curious mind and to not be judgmental either. A listener did ask me based off of my last episode, why I think it's not feminist to get plastic surgery. First off, I consider myself a feminist. I'm not a perfect feminist. I love the the book Bad Feminist. Um, You don't have to agree with everything to identify or label yourself as something. I identify as bisexual. I would say my sexuality is on a spectrum, but that's the one that most resonated with me. Do I identify with the term pansexual? Yes, but I just choose not to call myself pansexual for my own personal reasons. So just because we believe in something or follow a movement, it doesn't necessarily mean we have to follow everything A to Z, right? I'm a yoga teacher, and in my yoga teacher training, we were encouraged to be vegetarian and vegan and to live a whole foods plant-based lifestyle because of ahimsa, which in yoga philosophy means nonviolence. So thereby eating meat and dairy products, animal-based products, we are harming our earth, our planets, whatnot. But does this mean 
you can't be a yoga teacher just because you're not vegan? No. So with that being said, I don't want to judge anyone who has gotten any sort of cosmetic work, right? Because I have greatly considered getting everything from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet fixed, quote unquote. But I used to believe that, and I still believe in my own opinion, that the reason why we all go under the knife or get Botox or whatever the fuck is trying to look the same, I guess. We're starting to see that trend on social media where everyone wants to look the same. It's because of societal standards. As humans, evolutionarily, we had to belong. We're very, we're pack creatures, right? We had to belong to survive. If we stood out, if we were rejected, if we were strayed from the group, we would die, essentially. So I think that by conforming and every woman trying to stay fuckable and young and plush, whatever, it does a disservice to the rest of us who choose not to do so. And that's just from my experience, from my own feelings, so I can only speak for myself because I'm convinced that if big butts weren't trending, if big boobs weren't trending, if small waist and big lips weren't trending, why would we spend thousands of dollars to get these things done? I completely understand if you've had a mastectomy or a double mastectomy. I do not understand because I've never been there. I could only imagine. Of course, reconstructive surgery. That's a given. I would probably get it done, but I don't know. Knock on wood. I never have to go through that. But if we were on an island, isolated, away from social media, away from everyone else, if you were the only one on that stranded island and no one told you which way to look or what was more desirable or less desirable, would you still choose to have a Brazilian butt lift? Personally, I think I wouldn't. And this isn't to put anyone down, obviously, because I have been looking into these things. So I feel somewhat hypocritical because on one hand, I... I'm against this stuff, and the other hand, I want to get it. It's like devil and angel on my shoulder. But this is just my perspective. So to that listener, I hope you can respect my point of view, and I will respect yours. We could agree to disagree. Understand it is 100% okay to disagree with me. I would challenge you to have your own views and your own opinions, but also expose yourself to a diverse array, a range of opinions. Just for that exposure and to have more empathy and understanding from where others are coming from. But ultimately, what I wanted to put out in my last episode, because I listened to it and I had so many things left unsaid, which is where I kind of want to take off on this episode, is no matter what you decide to do, no matter what your body, whether you're big, small, whatever, we have to stop judging ourselves because we are in this body. We're doing it. We cannot change it. So there's really no use beating ourselves up. Instead, let's harness our power and lean into who we are and embrace it without shame. I am speaking to myself for you and for myself because this is quite literally what I'm working on. But to wrap up, I'm not the person who created feminism. I did not start the feminist movement, so I can't speak to or declare what is correct feminism, what it is or what it isn't. I think the main issue here is gender roles, the the masculine, the feminine, 
we've internalized and been conditioned by society to believe these gender roles that men are supposed to be tall, women are supposed to be short, and it's this fucked up belief system rooted in misogyny and patriarchy that women have to be a certain way. They have to be slim and slender, and they have to be docile and submissive, and they have to be sexual, but they can't be overly sexual because then they're a slut, but they can't be a prude. It's just like my brain's going to explode. And the same thing for men. Men are expected to be aggressive and to be tall and muscular and to be strong and contain their emotions. And that's what creates this fetishization of pocket-sized women, I think. Of course, there's nothing wrong if you're a petite woman. Maybe in a past life, I was a petite woman. woman. I don't know. Definitely not in this life. But it speaks to the question of, do you really only like men who are six feet tall? Or do you like them because they make you feel more feminine? I know for me as a tall woman, I've always held it against myself because I feel masculine. Because I've been societally programmed to believe that I can't be bigger than my partner. You know, sometimes when I've dated men on the shorter side, quote unquote, I'm 5'8", so let's just say for fuck's sake, they were 5'8". I felt kind of embarrassed because I felt like walking into the room with them, people are going to think, wow, like she's bigger than him, you know? And same thing for men. Do you really like women who look like whoever, like Megan Fox, or do you just gravitate towards those women because society tells you to do so, that that's what you should want because it makes you feel more in power and in charge being with someone that's half your size. I don't know. It's just food for thought. But all in all, we can totally see how certain bodies are more desirable than others in our American culture, at least. And that's why I've always felt so salty because I felt like I have to try harder than the average person that I have to work harder to get that allowance to be loved. And I'm also aware that I do have a tad bit of body dysmorphia. So that's also a factor, but I have this fear that my boyfriend will eventually one day, it could be a month from now, a day from now, 10 years from now, will leave me for a younger, smaller, blonder gym woman, which isn't me. And sometimes, this is my own baggage, by the way, nothing to do with him or how he treats me. But sometimes I get so unsolicitedly angry with him because I am so convinced of this that I take my distorted belief out on him in a passive aggressive way. I'm 100% aware I do this. And it's my problem, not his. I'm working on it because it's unfair to him how invested I am in my own body shame. And sometimes it's not other people's fat phobia, but us projecting our own in a self-violent defensive way. This speaks to so many different things. It's not just body image, but even jealousy, right? Have you ever dated someone that's been cheated on and you've done absolutely nothing to betray them, yet they're always convinced you're cheating? Or maybe it's vice versa. Maybe you're dating someone and you're always suspicious. You don't trust them. (laughs) I can speak to that because that's literally me. So you just assume the worst 
And you're always looking for evidence to confirm what you believe to be true because that's confirmation bias. That's what we do. So I want to remind you that long-term relationships are built off of so much more than sexual and physical attraction, circling back to the body image thing. Sex and and intimacy are very correlated, but a relationship that is solely built off of physical attraction is not going to last. It's like an immature intimacy that is always teeter-tottering and wavering because if we're with someone long-term, their bodies are going to change. We shouldn't expect them to always stay the same, the same way they looked when they were 18 years old to 81 years old. It's, it's not going to happen. So an issue for me with this, I'm working on this and I'm curious as to what your experience is. It's hard for me to enjoy sex, not just because of my trauma history, but also because of my internalized self-limiting inner critic. Sometimes when I'm having sex with my boyfriend, my mind goes to, I'm convinced he's fantasizing about being with someone different than me. And I think this is rooted in, I had a pretty bad experience with someone I dated, the person I first ever had sex with, who I made my sexual debut with at age 18. He put a pillow over my face and told me, that he couldn't get off if he saw my face. So I felt like I've been with so many people who have been with me in spite of my body. And I just want to let you know that we deserve so much more than a partner that just tolerates our body, right? Too often we look outward for what we are unable to give ourselves inward. And as someone that's a highly sensitive person, I want to talk about boundaries today And obviously boundaries and sex go hand in hand, AKA consent is everything. But getting into my last episode a little bit, as an HSP and an empath, when I am in a conflict or a confrontation or a discussion that might be uncomfortable with my partner, I I come into this kind of pain spiral, right? Being an HSP is is pretty exhausting, honestly. And this is because I feel and experience things much more intensely and I can get caught up in unhelpful and hurtful thoughts, right? As an HSP, I'm, I'm an emotional sponge. So I've been looking into techniques and things that I could do for this and thought stopping creating space and distraction and just being aware of what's going on and allowing could be tremendously helpful. You know, just because you can sense something doesn't mean it's your responsibility to pick up and take on. So if you shut down and withdraw when arguing with a partner or even just communicating and setting boundaries, which I'm going to get into in a second, these are my six tips. One, Tell them when you're getting overwhelmed. Ask, can we slow this down a bit? Two, ask for the time that you need. I do want to talk, but I need to calm down and clear my head first. Number three, be clear how much time you need. I need three minutes. Or can we continue this in the morning? And then number four, understand if your partner doesn't have a trauma response or history, they they might 
get frustrated at the delay and not understand. So be sure to restart the discussion at the time you specified. Follow through on our words. Accountability in a relationship is so important. Number five, let them know if something they did made you shut down or triggered you. For me, this is if someone raises their voice or is too harsh with me. And lastly, repeat the process of asking for a timeout if you're starting to feel overwhelmed again or dissociate like me, which I discussed an episode or two ago. And I wrote these down for myself because I need to practice them and it's it's practice, not perfect, right? So I want to talk about boundaries before I wrap up because I'm trying to work out and then I have another job interview and I just, I've been unemployed, but it's like never a dull moment. I'm always go, 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 go. <laughs> so boundaries, let's talk about it. The other day, my boyfriend set some boundaries with me and I responded in a childlike way because I was scared. I feel like in many relationships in my past, I'm not making excuses. I'm just sharing my history for some context. I was treated like shit, to say the least, (laughs) to put it lightly, in a lot of my relationships. And the people I was with felt entitled to my body. My boundaries really didn't matter as much as their pleasure did in their mind. And that's why boundaries scare me, because every time I set a boundary, in the past, whether it was a yes or no, it was completely disregarded. And every time someone sets a boundary with me in the past, it felt like I was losing love because there's healthy and unhealthy boundaries, right? There's boundaries that are healthy and then there's manipulation and coercion and mental abuse. So the boundaries that the people I was with set were basically like, if you don't do this, I'll do why. And they just felt like an excuse to mistreat me or as if I was being told what to do. I had one ex who was extremely controlling and essentially it was like I had to be available to talk all day, every day, or else he would lash out and there would be consequences. So I didn't feel safe sharing my truth, which impacted my ability to both give and receive boundaries and to set and reinforce those boundaries healthfully in a relationship. And the truth is that this is often misunderstood even so much so by me my boyfriend sent me a really helpful article that i read and i watched on youtube which essentially said that setting boundaries in my mind and maybe in yours can sometimes be perceived as an act of being pushed away or creating distance and setting boundaries is as much about what you're saying yes to as it is about what you're saying no to. And my boyfriend helped me to see that it's actually generous and honest to reveal boundaries and is deeply vulnerable by asking for what you need, right? And this came from, listen on my last episode, but I was asked by an old customer to send a sexual video or photo And I didn't know what to do, right? So the truth is, deep down, I knew to not do it, which is why I didn't do it. But when we are in a relationship, there are spoken and unspoken agreements. And by betraying the agreements of our relationship is hurtful and wrong. Most of our deepest wounds and trauma happen in relationships where people don't treat us with love and respect. 
And none of us, at least I don't, want to be the person that causes that kind of wounding. So by having open and sincere and honest, curious conversations where we set boundaries, this is necessary and needed to bring us closer together and form deeper, greater intimacy in our relationships through those commitments. And even in relationships that are alternative, open or non-monogamous, it's essential. And if we value our partner and our relationship, then we will value the way that they want to be treated. Boundaries stem from trust, right? And trust is taking another person's feeling into account. This is what relationships are all about. They're about treating our partner with ethic and care. And this isn't possible if we aren't creating boundaries in order to consensually negotiate and be on the same page. And that's why for me as a love avoidant, which is part of the reason why I'm going to SLAA, that I would just avoid relationships altogether because I know how difficult this was for me. Setting boundaries is so challenging for me. And I've never really been on the receiving end of a boundary. So I think that's why I reacted the way that I did when Nick tried to set a boundary with me the other day where I saw it as an attack rather than an act of love. Um, And like I said, there's obviously self-centered versus healthy boundary setting, but he did it appropriately and I didn't receive it as maturely as I had hoped, but I know this is something that I can work on. And there's a lot of things we assume that our partner isn't doing Like if they're not doing something we want or need sexually, then they must not want to or aren't willing to or won't. But it's often because we've never had the conversation, right? Because speaking our truth is often so scary and it's important in relationship to give our partner all the information they need to make informed and empowering decisions for their needs and our needs. Most humans desire to be self-reliant and in our culture, we can be afraid of admitting that we need help. And there's this, this belief that I've formed that I should just be okay with other people's behavior or just not take it personally or just forgive and forget. I do this often in friendships, which is why A lot of my friendships have been toxic, which I talk about a lot on this show, but there are times when we have to say, no, this isn't okay and set a limit, set a boundary, and sometimes even walk away if that boundary is forgotten about or disregarded. So doing the work in setting and creating and reinforcing boundaries is hella fucking hard for me sometimes. But we can't really have true sacred love without boundaries. So I think that's where I want to end it because I'm starting to stump myself. Um, (laughs) I'm not just having this conversation for you. I'm also having it for me so that I can ingest and digest this information to learn it better and practice what I preach. So I thank you so much for listening. I know this was kind of like a lot of different topics thrown at once. So maybe I'll break it up. Maybe I won't. Who knows? (laughs) But 
If you resonated with this in some way, shape, or form, please let me know. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to hear your experience with this stuff because this is the work and I'm trying. I'm really trying. And I want you to know it's okay to fuck up. Just allow yourself to be imperfect in relationships. It's okay as long as you're being introspective and just have that self-awareness and accountability with yourself and hold yourself to a higher standard of I'm going to try harder and I'm going to be better, then I think that's the first step and we'll get there together. So feel free to like, rate, subscribe, share, reach out to me on Instagram. I will link that in the show notes and I hope you have a sexy day.